Hello and welcome to Clamp, the Creating, Living, and Making podcast. I'm your host, Grant Alexander, and I'm joined with uh, Adam Mackey. Hello. Morley Kurt. Hello. And tonight we have a special guest, Vincent Ferrari. Howdy. So, everyone, uh, what have you been clamping on this week? How about we start with Vincent as our special guest? Oh, sure. I've actually been working on this massive monster of a cutting board. Um, it's been this white whale project that's been on the bench for, I don't know, about a month already. Just kind of fear just kind of kept me from working on it. But it's like, it's 20 by 23 and a half. And it's like an inch and three quarters thick. And it's too big for everything I have in my shop to make it practical to actually work on. So that's what I've been working on. It's a, it's a beast. Um, got to learn how to use the CNC. Got to make the Glowforge to make a nameplate for it. Um, it's just everything I have in my shop has been used on this damn thing. And I just can't wait till it's done and out of my shop. And I don't have to look at it anymore because it's like, oh, my God. I made the mistake of trying to lift it up and put it on the bandsaw to cut the corners off to round it over. And that was a really dumb idea. The damn thing probably weighs about 12 pounds and it's like this big. So I'm like trying to maneuver it up onto the bandsaw and it's just not going. And I did one corner. I was like, no, nah, screw that. I'm not doing that anymore. And I just took the oscillator and just pushed it into the belt until it took the corners <laughs> off. I was like, that should do it. <laughs> Molly has a favorite saw that he thinks is a portable bandsaw. Yeah. Should oh, have used a jigsaw. Saw? No, no, the jigsaw. No, the jigsaw would have been bad for that. Because like if you can... <laughs> Exactly. I'm <laughs> not really dying on this hill very well. <laughs> is that uh, is that a local client? Hopefully, or is that going to be a billion dollars to ship? I don't even want to think about it. I don't. It's going to Houston from New York. I don't even oh. want to think about what it's going to cost to ship. To, I was really stupid when I took. Look, the guy has been very patient, and it's going to be a beautiful board when I'm done. It's probably going to be the most beautiful board that I've ever made. It's. In every way, it's going to be perfect when I'm done with it. I even came up with a way because I didn't want to use the usual rubber feet on it. So I made these like long beveled pieces of maple with counter counterboard holes. Like I tried to think of everything to try to make this like super duper premium. And I just did not charge enough money for this board. Like I, I, I realized it like I didn't plan at the beginning how much of a struggle it would be to make something this large but now i know and i pretty much decided i'm never making anything this large again without or just charge like an fu price yeah so, so like yeah basically they say the, yes the go away price exactly the go away that's why i would call it the go away price like yeah as long as you as long as you want me to do it i'm gonna make a lot of money off you <laughs> but, he bought seven boards from me at one time though so i guess if i lose a little on this one, it's like, okay, fine. He bought a Does lot. Does he have like restaurants or is he giving them his gifts? He was giving them his gifts. So he bought one and then he's like, but I can't just buy one for this sister. And then I had to buy this one for my brother. And then he's like, all right. So he cleaned me out of my inventory and then made me make four more. And he wow. said, and don't forget me. And I'm like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, but. I'm sure that, that one's not going to be a, a wash then. That's a good customer. No, and I, he's he's already talking about other things he wants in the future. So I think I made a good choice in making this board. Even if I break even on this board, which I'll probably make a little money. A lot of the wood was scrap wood and stuff like that. Even though it's a huge board, it was mostly from materials I already had in the shop. So That's it'll good. be all right. I'm not going to lose on it. I'm, I may break even just from the amount of effort I put in, but I've also learned a lot. So I guess it's a good learning experience. Yeah, the little inlay you did uh, was really cool. The, 
the nameplate. Yeah, so the nameplate. I I learned that from from Bruce. He was he does that on a lot of his boards where he'll leave like a circle and then he'll cut a coin with his logo on it and drop the coin in. And I was like, the reason I ended up having to do is because I put, brought it over to the CNC and I put the design into the software and it comes back and goes, yeah, I can only cut this far into the design with an eighth inch bit. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like I waited like four days to get those bits and I was like, an eighth inch bit's not small enough. What do I do? So I was like, wow. okay, well, I guess it's got to be the laser, but I can't put the board in the laser because it's too big. So all right, I'll just cut a nameplate and slap <laughs> it on and hope to God that he likes it. And I sent it to him. He goes, oh, that looks really, really cool. Thank God. <laughs> One of those uh, good design coming from a problem. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. – that's it's a it's a brilliant idea. To, and all I was joking that all my robots work together to make this board a possibility. <laughs> so so where's really the three, 3D printer on it? Um, nowhere. It's funny you uh, ask though because I actually almost used the 3D printer to make the feet. And I was like that. I was going to say little rubber feet. Yeah, but then I've never dealt with flexibles in either of these guys over here, and it's like, oh no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna learn another new thing on this project. Like, <laughs> fifty new things is quite enough for one project. Thank you. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's great. It's cool. How about you, uh, Morley? What have you been working on? So last week, um, Eden was asking me for a patch with Penny's face on it for her backpack. So um, I made that one afternoon. It was a sort of project where I was like, oh, maybe I'll get started on it this afternoon and then finish it tomorrow. But I started it, got in the zone, and was like, I'm doing this whole thing this afternoon, at least like up until the drying times and the finishing and everything. So that was really fun. Made a video from that. And same with the video editing. Like I just got in the zone with that project. I busted out the video in like two days, which is pretty fast for a video edit for me. Um and yeah, I was really happy with that. It I keep telling people it reminds me of the vibe of a like one of the characters in Isle of Dogs, that sort of like claymation face with the wet eyes. Um Yeah. yeah that was really I was cool. pretty happy with that. Thank you. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, it's uh and she's really happy about it too cuz like she is in love with our cat and she can now have her <laughs> wherever she goes and show her off to people. Yeah. Um like we also recorded episode one of into the spotlight with our first guest very it was it was great um it may be out by the time this episode comes out i'm gonna wager that it will but (laughs) if it's not then uh, i'm really gonna look silly right now but um yeah my my friend julia who just graduated art school it was a really really interesting conversation um because neither Ryan or well, Ryan did a master's program in media and communications, but um, art school I feel like is a whole different animal. And she's like an incredibly driven, creative person. So it was a really, really cool conversation. Um, I've been friends with her for years, but like had never. That's the cool thing about doing a podcast, right? It's like we had a reason to really dive into her like creativity and all her art. Um, so yeah, that should be dope. Watch out for it. That's cool. Anything else? And <laughs> other than that, um, just like good amount of computer work. I've been doing a lot of designing on something that I'm not quite ready to announce publicly yet. But if all goes well next week, then maybe I will. Well, we should like save that for the after show that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Secret stuff. Or just say there is an after show and then everyone's looking for it really hard. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a blooper to add after the music this time. 
<laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll, we'll we have plenty of time to get a blooper. <laughs> I've um I've challenged myself to that a couple of times, like try to do a build, the edit, upload everything in one day, and it's it's a hell of a job. Yeah, yeah. I the fastest I- I've done is from. 6 p.m. till I released it at midnight from filming build. And it's one of my worst performing videos. So I decided I'll never do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, something Vincent said on um, makers on zoom having coffee a few weeks ago is like really stuck with me. Like if you're in the mood to do something, do that thing. And it sounds super simple and obvious, but like it was a sort of thing where I really needed to hear at that moment. I was like, like starting the patch, like I want to work on this the rest of the afternoon and I'm not going to feel bad about it that I'm neglecting other things. And I want to edit this video this whole day. And it felt great. Because you're doing yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. 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 If, it feels yeah. great until the, you have a client job that didn't get done because you were doing the thing that you wanted to do instead. It's why I yeah. really, <laughs> really limit the amount of client work I take on. I have to want Fair. to do that thing for me to want to take it on. Yeah, I don't yeah. I mean, and like, it's not like the thing that is, the things that I were neglecting were things that could wait, but it was that thing in the back of my head that was like, oh, you need to be giving equal attention to all these aspects of your life, where sometimes you don't really need to do that. Yeah, it's good advice. <laughs> you come to <laughs> clamp for the the hot takes and the life lessons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, how about you, uh, Adam? What are you up to? What's in your clamps? So- yeah, so I've been um, – I finally finished my tool benches, got that video out, and then next organization was sorting out my kids' bikes. So I made a freestanding bike rack, Ooh. which is what was on Instagram yesterday. But no I was one wondering what, what that was. was. Yeah. yeah, so um, because I live in a rental, so like I can't screw to the walls and, and all that sort of stuff, and I, the, I wanted the bikes to hang instead of um, – instead of just be sitting in like something on the ground. So trying to work out a way to do that. So build a box on a box and then filled it with concrete to make it not fall over. And yeah, added the hooks in just this morning and turned out pretty good. Pretty happy with it. Ah, That's a really good idea. I need something better for my bicycle bicycle storage. I am forever knocking them over or (laughs) doing something stupid or they're always in the way. Well, my, my biggest problem is that my shop is a one car garage and my wife refuses to give it, make it my shop. So it still has to be the garage and have all the bikes and all that crap in it. Yeah, me too. I, my <laughs> wife is okay with me taking it over, but I, I don't want my bicycle being outside. So yeah, <laughs> mine is propped precariously next to the hot water heater in my basement. And if you walk past it the wrong way, I know it's going to fall. But by some miracle, it hasn't <laughs> fallen yet. So I'll take it. <laughs> Very nice. Mine just lives strapped outside. Weather's all weather. You leave it outside? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, but I, it's it's cheap. It's uh, I, I So quick story. I say, I, you use it like so much per day, do you not? Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's summer out right now and um, I do a lot of maintenance on it. So quick story, I actually biked through an entire Montreal winter every day. Um, I got like a $80 bike off of Craigslist and was just like, I'm going to ride this thing into the ground. And by the end of the winter, it was like 
a literal hunk of rust. <laughs> like, it seems like they don't use quite as much salt here in Toronto, but this thing, like, it survived the winter pretty well. Um, it was like a little, little rustier, but it's old. It's actually like my sister's old, old bike that she never used, so it's in pretty good condition. My my bicycle is the same bicycle I got in my graduating year of high school, so Damn. I won't tell anyone how long that that's good. that is. But it's a supercycle, so it's a Canadian Tire brand, which is I don't whatever I don't know if supercycles in the in the states, but supercycles like or Canadian Tires like Pep Boys, but if you combine Pep Boys with like Home Depot or something, uh-huh. and a little bit of Target as well, yeah, and a little bit, it's like okay, it's like Target, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Target, but more but useful, a, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> more with an automotive rate. focus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's their like brand of bicycle, and uh, yeah, you get like a brand new one for 180 bucks. I just and bought I've, a brand. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, and I've had it since uh, I was 19. I bought mine right before the winter got bad in New York, and I've not actually ridden it yet. I bought it in November, and it's not actually had my butt on it, and except to test ride it at the store. And I was like, I'm going to ride this thing like crazy. I'm going to ride it like crazy. And it's like, oh, I, why did you buy a bike in November? What the hell is wrong with you? Um, didn't end up riding it. Haven't ridden it yet. You were following your own advice. You do things when you feel like doing them. Yeah. yeah I think November is a perfect time to buy a bike. <laughs> of course. Spur, a spur-of-the-moment specialized Cirrus. Brilliant move. Brilliant move. Yeah. Oh, going into nice warm weather. Yeah. Okay, Australia. Oh, I see Australia. <laughs> Took me a second. <laughs> so what's in my clamps, you're asking? Well. <laughs> Actually, I wasn't asking. Uh, oh. Uh, so anyways, uh, this week I uh, I released another video. It's... Uh, I redid. I finally finished redoing the front entranceway to my house, and uh, I did it with some some chevrons because I'm I'm against herringbone. I feel like herringbone is the lazy chevron. Um, it's herringbone chevron, but like each board is offset. Yeah, it basically there's no miter, right? Exactly. That's why it's the okay. lazy way of doing it. I like herringbone. Herringbone looks nice. Sure. It. I know. It's just. I, it looks nice in wood floors, but I guess if it's like an accent wall, it's... It looks great in accent sweet. walls, too. I just like to make controversy and try and build something up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not working great, at all. But, the yeah. great pattern wars of 2020. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's such a hard thing to, to market. This is my, wor- my least or worst performing video I've released in my past 10 videos. and wow. uh, And I think it's a lot to do with... I don't know how to market it. The little thing, like the the pieces beside your door don't have a name. So no one searches mm. for them. And I couldn't even, like, I tried to find the name for them and I couldn't find it. So if anyone's listening and knows the little pieces beside the door, let me know. Uh, they're not side lights because it doesn't have a window. Uh, the, <laughs> I'm gonna it is you, a pretty I'm, precise build too. Yeah. yeah and I t- I'm just going to tell you something just as someone that watched the video and someone who liked the video. The picture you put, I think it was on Instagram, of it at night. Yes. It looked like a thousand oh. times better than it did during yes. the day. I've changed it the really, thumbnail. I, yeah, it catches the light really nice at night. It looks really good at night. Thank so, you. I did yeah. change the thumbnail after I took those pictures. And that's actually a little shout out to Colt because he was telling me to put lights in there. 
uh, BCF leather. And, uh, and LEDs. <laughs> that's right. He was like, you should put some LEDs. And I was like, well, I, I, so I went like, I'll go look and see. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe it's not. But I went out there and I was like, no, it actually looks really good at night. So I took a picture. Because otherwise I don't leave my house because of pandemics. Um, the, uh, the other thing I was working on, I finished my wife's present. It was uh, another set of uh, earrings. Uh, this time I used walnut and yellow heart. And I used, uh, I, I hand carved them and, uh, they, I think they turned out pretty good. She wore them for like two days straight, which is pretty good considering the amount of earrings she has. I was happy to see them the next day. It wasn't just like, oh, thank you. And then they went away forever. Uh, so that was really good. Sweet. Uh, I got a, uh, something in the mail. Oh, I got an ouch mouse. <laughs> this, oh Yeah. The cutest ouch mouse. Yes, the cutest ouch mouse. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that now or if you were trying to weave it into a conversation. No, we can. So I'll throw that back at you. I'll leave it to you if you want to reveal exactly what it is because I don't know what your plans for the project are. But um, (laughs) Either do I. (laughs) (laughs) But Grant and and I um, are participating in – again, shout out to Colt is putting on the – Oh, what is he calling it again? Mystery Maker Collab. I feel like every time I'm on a podcast, I just forget what things are called. The Mystery Maker Collab. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Grant just received my contribution to what he has to make. So I had had an old project that uh, was kind of just sitting around and I wasn't doing anything with it. And I was like, someone else can do something cool with this. So Grant will transform it in some way and send it back to me. And I will do the same with someone else in the challenge. Are you participating in that, Vincent? I, I'm I'm not. And the reason oh. I wasn't is because as everybody was putting it together, I had such a backlog of stuff to get done. I was like, there's no way I could give this the attention it deserves. So I just kind of yeah. went, mm, I'm going to have to pass on this one. I'm going to do it. I will do it next time. But this time it was just – the timing was just off for me. Which I is kind of sad because you all changed some, some – you got some good stuff changing hands. Like I've seen some cool stuff. I've seen some wood. I've seen some resin. looks really good. Yeah. I couldn't put anyone through that postage cost. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. It cost like $50 million to send like an ounce to you? No, it was well, actually I cheaper d- to send to Australia than it was to send to Hawaii for me when I did something. I had someone send me You might be closer to gone. Australia than Hawaii. Or is that I, a garbage take? <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> think so. No. <laughs> I don't know, but if you go eat... I feel like you're they're both across the world from you. I don't know, man. <laughs> from you, from you too. You're two like you're 5 hours away by car from me. Come on. You're like 3 hours from me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the same country. <laughs> All three of you are in the same time code. Yeah. Uh, That's fair. Anyways, um, it is know, I a- had someone send me an origami monkey from Hawaii. It cost him $70. Oh my god. A piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. It's so I sent Adam a uh bottle opener. So he won my giveaway on YouTube and uh it cost me twelve dollars. It took forever, but it cost me twelve. So I don't know what's wrong with Hawaii, but apparently it's the most well, expensive know, place in the world. You know how Lindsay is doing the um the uh social justice raffle? So mm-hmm. I offered to make um one of my cutting boards as a giveaway for the raffle. And she's like, Are you gonna do you, are you able to ship that internationally? And I'm like, I don't know. 
I imagine it's going to be a little bit expensive, but let's see. So I looked in from New York to London via DHL, not Express. It was like $80 just to ship it, like the slowest speed what? possible. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, Lindsay, I'm sorry. I just can't do Like, I can't eat the cost of the board and spend $80 to ship it. I mean, yeah, that's, love that's you insane. dearly, but no. <laughs> yeah. That's a really well, cool I mean, raffle that's going on, by the way. It's it, yeah, and the, the great thing is that there are people all over the world that are participating in it. Mm-hmm. So, like, no matter where you are, you can enter to get something cool. Yeah, there's – I was – somebody – I was blown away by this. Somebody put up for five tickets for my board, and I was like, oh, wow, that's so nice. And then today, somebody put up for 15. Wow. And I'm Dang. like, oh, my God. Like – so I've basically sold as much in tickets as I would charge for that board at this point, and I'm just floored. I, I almost want to get in That's touch awesome. with these people afterwards and just go, listen, if you don't win, I will <laughs> give you a really substantial discount, like 50% off if you really want one, just because I'm so flattered. Like my ego has been stroked, and my my <laughs> ego is stroked. I get in a really good mood real quick. It's like, let me give the farm away. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, well, yeah, that's yeah, that's super cool. It's on Instagram, uh, Lindsay Creative, mm-hmm. and we'll include that in the show notes. Um, yeah, although it might be over by the time this is posted. Yeah, it's over oh. s- the twenty first. So yeah, ah, uh, so you can this see all the winners. Fun. And all the fun stuff. And you if see what you, you want, missed out on. You can just donate to who uh, I can't remember what she is uh, donating to, but we'll, we'll have a link to the show notes. Yeah, we'll include that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Like show notes. Zero is one of them. Yeah. That's the only one I can think of off the Yeah, top Rebuild the Block, Campaign Zero. Um, there's a couple. There's a couple. But it doesn't have to even be those. Like um, one of my friends has a charity called the Atlanta Black Owners Business Relief. Black Business Owners Relief, sorry. And I donated to her charity, and that counted for an entry. So it's just got to be oh. a on-topic kind of charity, and she'll you just send her the receipt. But maybe we'll uh, we'll figure something out on Because yeah. We Make for this. Ah, there we go. Ah, That's right. Uh, okay, and the last thing I did this week is that I went on a conference call for work, and I decided to do it. By riding my bicycle to the beach. Uh, oh, so actually, is this a life hack? <laughs> yeah, so, well, it's a little bit of a life hack is that I found we use a thing at work called uh, WebEx. And uh, I found that you could get it on your phone. So I decided to get on my bike, uh, bike down to the beach, had the conference call while I was at the beach. I'm sure some people... Like, the few times I spoke, I'm sure I looked like an idiot. And I also probably just looked like a weirdo sitting at the beach by myself. But, you know, whatever. Um, you at the beach, man. You were but the yeah, smart but one. I was, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I was the only one. It's actually, so we were doing a, a team building uh, thing that we do every year at, at this time. It's always in June. And we always do it at this place called Britannia Beach in Ottawa. And uh, I was the only one who showed up. Everyone else did it from their home. I was like, I figured I, other people might be there and cool too, but they weren't. Oh, that's pretty uh, cool. <laughs> but it brings us to today's topic, which is what do you do for a living? The L in clamp. Um, so 
without you don't have to go into exactly what uh, company you work for because I'm going to keep it pretty generic uh, because I don't want anyone to figure out my secret identity. But uh, you, work for, you work for Canadian intelligence. We all know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so, but I'm going to talk about what. The CIA? Yeah. The, yeah, the CIA. I work for the CIA, the Canadian <laughs> Intelligence Agency. <laughs> uh, but so we wanted to talk a little bit about what we do to make a living. So whether it's selling cutting boards, that helps for making your living, or uh, taking uh, photographs, because I think that's what Vincent does for a living. Uh, I don't actually know, so we'll find out. <laughs> Just slowly shook his head. <laughs> I, I, so. So since, since you mentioned me by name, um, no, I do – what I basically do is I do do some product photography. I basically do product photography and product packaging design for a company that makes Bluetooth speakers and Bluetooth headphones. That's pretty much what I do. It started out as I was going to – I was hired to do like um, – run their Amazon business and um, basically do digital marketing and stuff. But we ended up be starting to produce our own line of accessories and stuff like that and they needed – help with the packaging and it was like well we need you to do this and i'm like i don't know what i'm doing they're like yeah we'll we'll give you time so they gave me about a month to really get the hang of it the first few i did were just garbage but they were adequate and then it was like okay we're rebranding the entire company so we need you to design a new logo for the company we need you to build a new identity for the company and then we need you to make packaging for all the new stuff that matches that identity and it's like you do realize i've never done this before right and I had to learn on the job. So that's pretty much what I do. I, you know, those pretty boxes you see with the pictures of the things and the specs and all that and the manual that goes into it and all the pretty product photos. That's pretty much what I do for a living now, which is good because I got out of the IT end of the business, which I absolutely despise. So it all worked out. But yeah, that's what pays the bills for me right now. Not nice. counting, obviously, the maker stuff. And and the the like residual AOL uh, money. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so love that call. <laughs> yeah. If anyone just Google Vincent Ferrari AOL and you can find the, the call that I'm trying to s- subtly it, referenced. It's, it's a wild ride. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> the, the call, the call was a lot longer than the videos about the call. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, go ahead. I, you, I mean, I, I mean this in the least um, self-promoting way possible, but I think you'll really enjoy this episode one of Into the Spotlight because Julia is she does um, she is obsessed with branding. Like that was mm-hmm. her focus in at art school, um, and she really kind of like made me think about it and appreciate it. Uh, she was she was joking. She's like, I had to start a new Instagram because I just fo- started following brands because I was so interested in their brand identities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, it was like my feed was just one big ad. I always mention a certain person. I'm not going to mention him on your podcast. I'm just going to bite my tongue and not say his name because I say his name constantly. But he focuses on branding and brand identity and that kind of stuff. And it just got me so obsessed with it, which is why now – Every time we do something in the company, like my work, when he started really focusing on that, my work at work got a lot better because it really just focused me on stuff that I never even noticed before. Like stuff like color. You don't like the color of his much- t-shirt? Like he wears the same color every time? <laughs> but um, 
Actually, that's very subtle. <laughs> names. It's okay to name names in a positive way. <laughs> but we um, just don't name names if it's negative. We um we do um we 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 went from purple to blue, right? One of the reasons it went from purple to blue was because we wanted to create um a a kind of intermingling with our parent company. The company had a purple logo. We don't quite know why. It was just a purple logo. And it's like, this has no connection to the other company. So we kind of stylized the new logo to complement the parent company logo. And it was something that was very important to them. It's like, we want the companies to kind of look like they're not identical, but like related. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, you know, we, we, we never thought about stuff like this before. And now we're thinking about the, the color and the package, the, the way the pictures are positioned on the packaging and the font, you'd be amazed how many little things you don't think about until you get it put in front of you and like, yeah, come up with a brand identity. Well, what's a brand identity, right? Is it the logo? Well, yeah, that's part of it. It's also the fonts. It's the colors. It's the shape of the packaging. It's the, it's down to, I mean, they, they would send us samples from China of different cardboard. It's like, which cardboard do you like for your packaging? <laughs> it's like, I've never thought about the cardboard in the packaging. And now when I pick up something, I'm like, this is garbage. You know, it's like, I, I, it's, it's a hell of a weird industry to be in. But, but it's, mm-hmm. it's funny because I don't think about it when I'm packaging something up. Like, as mm-hmm. I heard, I don't, I, I've watched, I've listened to a bunch of the back catalog of Because We Wake, and one of the episodes you talk about this exact like packaging and mm-hmm. picking out, not getting the standard FedEx box from the store mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, and I, I've never thought about it for what I've sent out in the past, but I definitely think about it when I receive something. <laughs> so it's like one of those like the the two things didn't connect in my brain. Yeah. It's like the red pill from the Matrix, too, because once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like when you work with it all day long, uh, you know what? One of the one of the examples that we use is um, so our manufacturers are in China, and for most of the products we make, these are products they already make, but they do make them for other companies. So what they do is they'll put them in these cardboard boxes, and you know, usually what it is is it's a generic like a cityscape with a pretty woman that's not even holding the device. And then the device is just photoshopped over it with everything else in the background. And, you know, though that packaging costs like, you know, 30, 40 cents to make, right? So we come in and we say, no, we're going to redesign the packaging. We're going to get our own dye lines for all this. We design the packaging. Our packaging may cost us like a dollar twenty. But it allows us to mark the product up significantly higher than what these guys are buying it from in China. And when we present our product as a product line and all the boxes are coherent and cohesive and it's a unique thing that looks premium and the cardboard feels nice and they open the box and it's not the blow molded plastic and stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they get. That's exactly it. For um, the uh, for the viewers at home, oh, yeah. <laughs> Adam was holding up a box from Newer, which yeah, is which, they're terrible at packaging, <laughs> yeah, but they're also cheap. Yeah, and it's but they literally make a cardboard stuff. box with their name on it, no yeah, picture, yeah. nothing. They make great stuff. I know they yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got uh, lots of newer. I think this. I can't remember if this microphone is, but my tripod's newer. I yeah. like the the time I got a I got an Amazon Basics tripod and a newer tripod, and they come in like the same crappy mm-hmm. like Amazon Basics. It's crap. Like the packaging's I'm- crap and whatever. They came the same packaging, but the newer one is way better. Mm-hmm. They have the well, worst name exam- in the world, though. Yeah, perfect <laughs> example, right? Is like Beats by Dre. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. People like audiophiles all over the world are like, oh, these are the worst garbage headphones. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I'm I'm not hating on Beats by Dre, but like they mark up their prices because they focus totally. so much on marketing and branding. And if you get um like a Sennheiser pair of really nice monitor headphones, um, they're just not they don't spend as much on their marketing, but it might be for a comparable price. Yeah, we're we're working on we're working right now on a set of smartwatches from a company, and it's like, oh, okay, these are meant to be sold on Amazon because they have no packaging to speak of. So we are going to redesign. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So the stuff that comes from Amazon looks like the newer boxes, and we're trying to move this company into brick and mortar with these this particular item. And it's like, okay, so if we're going to move these into brick and mortar, well, you need to rotate the watch box because the watch box is designed to look like this, right? This is my calipers, but I'm showing it on screen, but it's a wide, narrow box, right? But if it's a watch that's going to be in brick and mortar, they're going to want a hang tab and it's going to hang this way on hooks. There's yeah. no hang tab on their packaging. The packaging is designed the opposite way that it would hang on a shelf. And it's, all these things that you don't even think about, like, yeah, in Amazon, it doesn't matter because it's on a shelf, in a box, in a bin, whatever. But in a retail store, it's got to be presented so that the face of the product is showing so that a customer can see it. And this right. is, like I said, I didn't know, I never thought about any of this until I started doing it. And it's like, now it's all I think about. Like, I walk through a store and I'm like, that's just terrible packaging. <laughs> like, I would do that. Or or the other thing you do is you walk through the store and you're like, I, you start taking pictures of everybody's packaging going, yep, I'm going to start using that idea. That's a good one. I like the way they did that or I like God. that design. It's just like what I do when I see a YouTube video with a really cool special effect, like any Paul Jackman <laughs> videos, I just tell, ah, I'm going to steal that one. By the and- way, you did a really good job. That was the first time you did that, right? Which, the two people? The, the, the two grants, yeah. No, I've done two grants before. Oh, sorry. That's okay. I'm going to drink my You casual, Vincent. <laughs> but the, this is the, the, be, the, the longest conversation two grants have had together. <laughs> and it, not no, made I haven't harder. seen the video, and just that statement makes me really want to watch it. One cup. All right, so we're going to move on. So how about Adam? How about you tell me, what, what do you do? And uh, you can skip any of the NDAs because no one listens. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The NDAs are more like the actual working of the company. But so I am, I don't don't know how to word it because here in Australia, it's like completely different. But so I'm, my position is actually a trained guard, which I guess in America would be a conductor maybe because even here it's confusing i say train guard and people are like oh you're a police officer on the train it's like, no <laughs> that's that's what i so, would have thought too <laughs> no so essentially i i'm at the back of the train <laughs> i'm at the back of the train i we pull up to a station i open my door i open the doors for the customers i blow my whistle i close the doors and then i tell the driver to go that's pretty well it and then while we're moving in between stations i watch youtube um but i've got i've got like security cameras and stuff and and all that sort of stuff so i've seen uh, a lot of things all right well now you have to tell us one of those things i'm very curious about Uh, this lot of things you have i've I've been on a train i don't want to i don't want to make the podcast explicit (laughs) (laughs) well how would you tell Uh, us about the time that it wasn't explicit they were all explicit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, what happens on the train. Right. Well, I've seen, train. I've seen a lot of um, Friday night, Saturday night meetups. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I once had um, 
So our carriages here are two stories or double deckers. I once had um, a group upstairs and a group downstairs in the same carriage having an orgy and they didn't know about each other. But there was two orgies going on in the same carriage. <laughs> what? One upstairs, one downstairs. Yeah. And they didn't even know about each other. Well, no. The crazy part is you have a train with two stories. Oh, we have that in Boston. Yeah, we, we have those that in New York. T- Come on, guys. I was joking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I once had a guy packing um, packing little baggies of sugar. Oh, that's a sugar, you know. Yeah, he's so a question. Sugar. When you when you see these things, are you the person that has to confront the people? No. So I then call security, who then calls the police. God. If I if I was to then go out to them and they were to hit me or bash me or whatever, I'm then in trouble for leaving my safe zone. I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a police officer or, or anything like that. That's why I hate the name guard because I'm not a guard. Yeah, I don't guard anything. I'm, it's not even my job to watch the camera. We just have them like for assistance. Gotcha. So then, what is your job between stations? Sit there. Okay. Wait, Watch wait you. for no, the next or, station. So, there's more to it. Like, I, I'm, I'm also like the train's electrician and mechanic, oh. and so like if there's an issue on the train, like with the actual train, I like try and fix it if I'm if it's in my ability with what I have. If not, then we call someone to come do it. But um, that's yeah, way so. cooler. We should talk about that. <laughs> when was the time a train broke down, man? What happened? Okay, so I, I've been in my job for five and a half years. I've had one fault. Really? That's why I don't talk about it. <laughs> it's funny because we have yeah. like a Facebook. No, not really though, because we have like a Facebook group um, with like work, a work Facebook group where people talk about stuff. And there are people out there that have had faults like every few weeks. I've just been lucky enough that I've only ever had one. Well, one that I've had to deal with and that was the doors wouldn't close. So I then had to go, um, it's called isolate the doors. So like you take the power away from the doors, close them manually, lock them and then- like you just can't use those doors for the rest of the day until yeah. it gets fixed in the maintenance center. Can you come to Ottawa? Because our light rail <laughs> system has that exact problem and it shuts down our entire city every time it happens. Yeah. Well, we and just got a- every um, day. We just got a metro system and it's all driverless and guardless. Like there's no crew on there at all. Um, But it only goes between six stations at the moment. It costs them like, I don't know, billions of dollars. They went way over budget. And um, yeah, same thing. If there's an issue, there's no one there to fix it. Oh, we have people. The whole network but, just shuts down. But but the whole thing just shuts down. It's yeah. It's been an embarrassment to, to live in my city. <laughs> but And I guess that's like a metro or whatever. Like it's not a real train. It's a light rail. Yeah. Right. Well, our government got rid of light rail uh, 10 years ago. No, six years ago. And then they've just rebuilt it. Oh, <laughs> in the exact same spot. Yeah, this isn't efficient. Let's get rid of it. By the way, can we have it back? <laughs> oh god! Yeah, welcome to the Australian government. Dang, mic drop. Wow. <laughs> well, that's it. That's fun. So yeah. then, I guess we'll go over to Morley. Who's going to have exciting things to say because he has all the jobs. All of them. <laughs> yeah, apparently I've had a lot of different jobs. He, he's working since he was like six. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I'll, I'll start the story at university. <laughs> which um, job do I start at? <laughs> <laughs> by which time I already had 15 jobs. Um, 
But I, I went to school for um, civil engineering. Um, yeah, I'd always kind of love. I actually, I, I wanted to be an architect for a long time, or I don't know, a period of my childhood. Um, my mom's an interior designer, so like love of houses is always been in my family. It was actually great. My parents saw that in me as a young kid, and they actually took me on a a trip to Chicago with the Boston Architectural College to look at a bunch of like Frank Lloyd Wright architecture, which was wow. incredible. Um, but I got more into like math and science in high school and, um, kind of the, the specifically civil engineering seemed really interesting. I was like, Oh, building big, cool things like bridges, skyscrapers. This looks awesome. Um, and it was like the degree was super interesting. It is a, a massive part of why I got more into making things because I felt like empowered, uh, to see projects through to the end. Um, and at the end of my degree, uh, my girlfriend Eden and I, we got a job working at an off-grid lodge in the Rockies for the summer. And it worked out perfectly because I also got a job in Toronto working at a civil engineering firm that would start right when we were finished. So it was a pretty drastic, uh, change of pace because at this off-grid lodge, I was like doing maintenance, uh, living at like. Rockies elevation. I think it was either it was either six thousand feet or six thousand. No, it was six thousand feet because six thousand meters would be incredibly high. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like that's like Everest. <laughs> I, le- I lived on K two for a little while. It was <laughs> no, but it was it was a really incredible summer, and it was it was hands on the whole time. I mean, I I learned how to fix vacuum toilets. So like, if a vacuum toilet ever breaks in a plane, like I will be probably the only person that will be able to fix it. They're actually amazing mechanisms and they've, they've gone through like all these, um, generations, like from the seventies until today, or maybe probably earlier. And it's, it's honestly fascinating how they work. They're entirely mechanical, no electricity. Um, yeah, super cool. Toilets, Ah. toilets are cool. Toilets are cool. Actually, you know, (laughs) even non-vacuum toilets, like they're, they're really cool mechanisms. They really, like the fact that they're non-electrical, like that it's a mechanical system is really cool. Yeah. And so reliable. Right. And that's why I don't (laughs) like Teslas, but we don't need to get into that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So so I got to, sorry, go on, Adam. You and Aiden worked together? Yeah. So it was. It was an amazing situation. So our, our mutual friend at school had worked at this lodge in the Rockies and she kind of was like, they're, they're best friends. And she proposed it to Eden. She's like, they're also always looking for maintenance people. And she knew that like I was very hands-on and engineering background and whatever. So we, we applied as a couple and they were like, oh, we haven't really done this before. We haven't really hired a couple before, but like we were both very strong applicants and it, it worked out and it was awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah getting back to toronto was like crazy change of pace like for one moving to a big city and then i was working in the civil engineering firm um in the project management department i actually i got pretty interested in project management at school because i've like think of myself as a generalist and project management you see like all the sides of civil engineering i was like this could be this could be perfect so i got into this position at a company that focuses us that focuses on residential land development for subdivisions. Uh, so that's basically designing the sewers, designing the water systems, all the grading, um, 
everything like that. And, and basically project. acting as the project managers for the projects themselves. Massive, massive projects, especially in an area like Toronto, which is seeing so much development or, or the greater Toronto area. Um, and it was a fantastic workplace, great people, but it did not feel right. I, I felt early on, like I was kind of not in the right place. And I'm, I was like really trying to tell myself, like, you just need to give this its due worth. You've only been here a couple months. Um, you can't make a judgment at this point, but I, I couldn't ignore this like deep down feeling I had that like, I am in the wrong place for what I want to do in my life. And, and, and like the, up the years leading up to that, I'd gotten so interested in like working for myself and making and like artistic design and running my own business. Like I had listened to tens of episodes of how I built this. And they were like the most fascinating stories I'd ever heard. Fantastic. Shout out to how I built this. Like every episode is a banger. Um, basically just the stories of entrepreneurs and founders of companies. Um, yeah. And I ended up, I ended up leaving the job after only like three months and it was a super hard decision. Cause like, I haven't really quit many things in my life. And I felt like just hearing that statement and hearing myself say it, it's like, Oh, you're only there for three months. But, um, I had, I had like a couple moments where I was like out at a bar in Toronto and I was like, ah, oh, I feel like I'm becoming a yuppie too fast and I don't want to be a yuppie yet. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I need to, I clearly like I'm young. I have very low expenses. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have kids. Now is the time to kind of like take a risk and try something else. So I left the job kind of right as December started. Took some time to do a lot of leatherworking, started getting more into commission work. Um, And luckily that summer I had spent almost zero money. I was making money, but our room and board came out of our paycheck at a very, very reasonable rate. So I had a nice little cushion that I could uh, pay my living expenses with. Um, and then after the holidays, I kind of realized like, you know, what's super cool building props, building sets, working in the TV industry. Like that's something that I've always thought is amazing, but I never seriously thought about pursuing for whatever reason. I mean, I'm sure we could delve into the psychology of that one, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) uh, considering length of time, um, I started after kind of that time in the holidays, I started applying to places in Toronto, which has a massive film industry and got like a really good response, surprisingly. So I started working at a set building company. They do stuff for TV, for movies. Um, they also do like events, experiential marketing in museums. Has One there, of the- it, is there anything you've done that you think someone might've seen? Like, is there something you um, built that you can go onto a TV and go, I made that, I made that. <laughs> So I, all of the Star I, Wars. <laughs> I started there um, at the end of January and was really only there for about a month and a half. Um, and the work slowed down. They thought I was going to be put on another project, which didn't happen. And then COVID hit. So I was only really worked on three projects, one of which was a large event for um, a, a very large corporation in Canada, some commercials and a museum here in Toronto. Um, so probably maybe the commercial, but oh, okay. Um, what commercial? What was it? I want to know. It was for ch- in the child care industry, baby care, infants. Wow. Um, regardless though, like 
working with very talented carpenters in a full level production shop. Um, and like I could work on my own stuff. I could use all their like, full size table saws, mm. um, paint booths, um, really awesome setup. And around the same the, time. Uh, oh, sorry. Do you know the no, story on. of, uh, Nick Offerman? Um, yeah, well, I kind of know how he started his shop, but what were you going to, well, for the viewers, what is, what well, is you know, Nick Offerman guy from parks and rec, Ron Swanson, you know, he started out building sets, you know, and yeah. that's, that's the really kind of cool thing that I think of when I, he's anyways, we'll, I'll talk about him later because he was my recommendation. Uh, he's going to be uh, in the clamp mendation section, uh, but he's, he was an inspiration for me to start woodworking. Uh, yeah, same, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's it's a really, really cool industry. Cool. Yeah. You, you get to do like all sorts of stuff. And because you have, to, you have to make a thing look like another thing, you may make a set that's like framing a house. You might make something that needs to look like a rock, but it's made out of wood. So in my mind, I was like, if anything, I'm going to get incredible experience from this and learning how to do all sorts of things. And I get paid to do it. So awesome. Um, and around the same time, I was also talking to a prop builder here in Toronto that um, they actually do work on some stuff you heard of. I think they're the prop builder for this, whatever current filming of Star Trek they're on. Um, lots Picard. of big budget. Picard. I, I don't watch Star Trek. I don't know. <laughs> oh, um, lots of big lost. Sorry. <laughs> they do lots of flames, lots of breakaway glass. Uh, prop weapons, all sorts of stuff. And I was like, I would love to see what both of these industries are like to work in. Um, so yeah, that's as the world stopped, that's kind of where I was. And I've just throughout all this, I've just been accelerating my own kind of commission work, making a videos, trying to like build a portfolio and skills all around the same time. And um, yeah. And I've started picking up a bike delivery, which is great. It's like, I work on my, I do all my making stuff. I make videos and then I can log onto the app whenever, get a few hours of exercise, make money really efficiently because and you get it's hard food. work, but like, sorry, what was that? And you get free food. <laughs> well, if you steal it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's kind of a nice, nice gig right now. And also I've been, um, I've been doing some videography work for Eden's mom's yoga studio because they can't have in-person classes right now. So that's been, that's been a nice like steady gig as well. So, so kind that, of all over the place right now. And like, exactly. That's as why I, I wanted to out, talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very much like in the process of figuring out what I want to do with my life. Um, and I, I know the avenues I want to go down. Like, um, like starting a business and and <laughs> like starting a business <laughs> and creative design it's just like how is this going to manifest so I, I don't know i'm i'm very grateful that i'm able to do this right now and that i don't have debt that i need to pay off um and i can live frugally and yeah it's cool it's a great adventure that does sound like so much fun it's like it's so crazy like you're the only one well, I guess Adam does a – he hits the mechanic for the train. But you're the only one that's uh, on the podcast that the real job is making, making. things. Mm. And their side job is 
the the whatever like it's delivery right now but it could be anything like tomorrow yeah, like we don't could... we don't have to talk about the relative income of those two things but i do see the, <laughs> <laughs> the bike delivery as more of the side hustle <laughs> yeah well like if you continue with youtube like that could become your thing right like that could be that could become your full-time job it could <laughs> i i wouldn't like to depend on that because like i'm i try to be realistic in how infrequent YouTube. I don't know. I, I see it as infrequent as like making a living through doing YouTube. But what I do see is through all of my passions of building and doing custom work that this is all leading towards something great. Yeah. In wh- however form that may take. Well, any way you look at it, you're the only one that the real job is making and their side job is the boring stuff. Uh. Yeah. You know, actually, it's pretty fun. Like, I really enjoy the, the the bike delivery. Like, it's it's kind of the perfect thing to, you know, if any if any maker out there needs a side hustle, I would hi- and I would highly recommend bike delivery because it gets you active. You get to just like bop around. I mean, if if most of if the trope that many makers are introverts is true, you just put in a podcast and ride <laughs> around. You have these little quick positive interactions. Um, yeah, I mean, during a pandemic, it's a little tricky like you got to be I'm, I'm wearing a mask and sanitizing my hands constantly but um so in the I non-pandemic can, uh, world that's much more accessible i can beat you there okay so i can listen to podcasts my whole shift without issue i do nothing in between stations so <laughs> I, I literally like like honestly like if my job if, if i don't have any issues with the train throughout the day i literally stand up push a button blow a whistle, push a button, sit down, push a button, stand up, push a button and do it. Like that's all I do all day. Mm-hmm. So, I, my, so I, have like, I get paid. I get, I honestly get paid. Like I'm not going to talk money. I'm not going to talk figures, but I get paid pretty good money and I do. I have an easy job. But if the shit hits the fan, that's when. Yes. You- as, as long as, as long as nothing goes wrong, I have an yeah. easy job. But I mean, and uh, you know, I, I'm not going to talk. In, I'm not going to go into the gruesome details. But I'm also the person that has to get down on the tracks and check if someone gets hit, if they're alive, and give first aid. I'm also the first aid officer of the train, all that sort of stuff. I've seen dead bodies. You know, like yeah, there, there is more to it. But if everything goes right, my job's pretty simple. Do Do you guys have a lot of cows in Australia? A lot of camels, right? Doesn't Australia have the most camels in the world? I have no idea about camels. <laughs> no, there can't be that. Um, can't be right. No, I'm have, almost sure of any country in the world Australia has the most camels. I think we have a lot of maybe in the desert. I don't know. Is that the part um, that's near that's nearer to Ottawa than it is to Hawaii? Like, uh, I just want to make sure what part of Australia has the camels. I just want to understand. <laughs> I'm gonna put this reference in the show notes <laughs> just so I prove my own credibility. <laughs> Yeah, ca- cows. Maybe it's more, um, more just like stray animals in general. Not really cows. Uh, I was listening to the uh, the Make Your Own Way podcast, and uh, one of the guys on there is works on trains. Uh, Alan Scannell. Anyways, he talked about like how often uh, they he's in Ireland and how often they hit cows. The trains hit yeah. cows. Well, you, you know, you know the old trains how they have like that great thing on the front that comes yes. to a point. Yeah, well, that I can't remember what's called. Like a cow, cow catcher. Cow, cow catcher. 
Yeah, well, there you go. Well, that's the whole point of that. But our trains are just flat on the front now. Mm. So it's more of an explosion than a moving out of the way. <laughs> Again, I don't want to get into gruesome details. Oh, God. Okay, yeah. fair, fair, fair enough. <laughs> hey, yeah. I, I will say, um, and uh, I don't really want to say it, but I would say that we hit people more than anything else. Oh, that's yeah. gruesome. It's pretty bad, pretty bad here. Yeah. Um, during like, the during the two thousand, no, I, no, no, I don't want to talk about. It. I don't want to. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't want to put that thought in. Let's not go down that road. I'm yes. very sorry that I brought it up. Uh, <laughs> so, what do I do for a living? Let's move on to something where. See, hopefully positive. And any, if you guys have any questions along the way, let me know. Because uh, I'm going to be using words that aren't English. He's going to be uh, using words that I didn't know existed. I have, until I have like a question a for ago. everyone after. Okay. You're going to have a question after. Okay. So I'm going to start like like more. I'm going to start with university. I went to university as well for engineering. Uh, I didn't end up finishing that degree, uh, but it was where I started. Uh, I then transferred into doing business school where I learned about marketing and boxes and stuff like Vincent was talking about. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and I, I ended up deciding to specialize in human resources. And uh, I ended up working in human resources for a bit. So it's like hiring people. But I was working for the government. So human resources in the government of Canada is uh, – I work for the government of Canada. Uh, it's different. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, but I worked for a place that I really believed in, which was, uh, the Indian residential schools, uh, settlement, Indian residential schools, resolution, Canada, which they worked on the settlement agreement for the boarding schools that were operated for like basically by the churches, but also some were non-church related, uh, where they tried to assimilate, uh, Aboriginal children or indigenous children in Canada. And uh, the the famous quote is they tried to to take the Indian out of the child, um, and uh, so I was working in HR for that, trying to hire people to to work on that. But then eventually, I, I ended up working in trying to help resolve those claims. Uh, it was a lot of basically so to go down bad. You know, to go straight right back into non-positive stuff, I dealt with a lot of physical and sexual abuse of of children. That was what my job was for a long time, was dealing with that and trying to help resolve claims of those people reliving those experiences. Uh, But, yeah. That would take a massive toll on you. I could imagine. What? (laughs) Yeah. As he takes a drink. (laughs) So... Anyways, it's government work. That's what government's there for. That's why you need them because that's that's who should be working to help resolve those types of things even though, you know, the government was the one that ran the schools. Anyways, we won't get into like this nitty-gritty of that, but that t- taught me a lot about, uh, you know, like the, the bad things that can happen and, and you got to believe people from the beginning because – you know, when people come forward with something, there's a good chance they're, they're, there's a good chance they're not lying. Anyways, start from a from a position of belief. It was what I got from that because a lot of times it was true. 
from that, I I moved on to different government roles, like working in access to information, and I eventually uh, stumbled upon this place called an ombudsman. How many of you guys have heard of the term ombudsman before I've ever said it? I would oh. appreciate a re a redefinition, even though you've told me already. <laughs> okay, so Vincent, you've heard of the term ombudsman? Because mm-hmm. I worked oh. in I worked for my school paper, and I was I was a journalism minor. So, ah. well, there you go. And Adam, you've heard it before I said it. Yeah, it's a big thing over here. Yeah, it's a big thing in Australia. Uh, which is great, and they have Australia has some of the best training. And one day, maybe I'll get over to Australia to to get some training from some of the people. Anyways, to to reiterate it for our listeners and for Morley, uh, ombudsman is a Swedish term that basically means citizens representative. But what they're really about is we're the advocate for fairness. So our what we really want is to make sure people are treated fairly. Whether it's, you know, people have a, a bad, like, they get fired, we make sure it was done fair. Not that they get what they want, but that it's fair. Um, so, uh, it's hard to, to, to give, a, like, some examples of what I do without giving away where I work, but uh, no one really is into this, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> I. I work for the military ombudsman in Canada and, uh, you know, so we deal with people who are getting posted all over Canada or the world. Uh, we deal with people who are getting released for different reasons, medical misconduct, whatever. Uh, and we just try and make sure that people don't have unfairness. Um, you know, that's what I do right now. Stepping a bit on that, so so over here we have, we've got um, ombudsmans for like pretty much everything. So we have like a fair work ombudsman. So if you are fired for um, no reason, like um, unfair dismissal, you would call the fair work ombudsman. They would then investigate and all that sort of stuff. We have an ombudsman for like warranty issues when you buy something. You'd call them, um, or like the yeah, there's a range of ombudsmen. Like yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So, they're like they're like your um, private investigator for certain issues. Right. So I'm an investigator. That's my title, but I don't feel like investigator describes my work appropriately because the majority of my time is actually conflict resolution and complaint handling. Um, yeah. It's it's more that. Yeah, and in, in, in the U.S., ombudsmen are generally part of corporations. And they act as the public voice inside the corporation. So the New York Times has an ombudsman. It's probably one of the most popular positions at the paper, like the one that gets the most – they're supposed to operate outside of like the editorial staff and all that. And then they're supposed to keep the paper honest, allegedly. You know, we can debate <laughs> we could debate how honest any media really is, but their their point their whole position is to say the coverage on this issue was good, the coverage on this issue wasn't good, or sometimes they'll take advice from readers and stuff and just act in the interest of the readership to make sure that the coverage was as fair and journalistically and has as much journalistic integrity as possible. So Yeah. I would have never known there was someone that did that. Yep. Yeah. Well yeah. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> Ironic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's funny because most people don't know. And there's like, 
So there's different ombuds and there are different levels of ombudsmanry uh, out there on whether or not you're like private or or government or whether you're legislated or just like the NHL had an ombudsman. It wasn't a real ombudsman. They had an ombudsman in title, but it didn't. And the NHL for for Adam is the National Hockey League. It's a they it called it national, <laughs> even though it also includes two countries. Anyways, uh, you, you know it's funny. I um I actually prefer American sport than I know Australian. <laughs> I, I watch NFL. I watch NHL. I'm starting to get into baseball. Can't stand Australian football. Or yeah. So yeah. So like the main things about ombudsmanry is that you're independent. That you're impartial that you're confidential and that you, you have an ability to investigate because if you don't have the ability to investigate, you don't have anything. And then all that breeds to your credibility. Is that a word? Sorry. Which is that a word ombudsmanry? Yeah. It is that word too. Every time he said it, I've just gone. Every time he says it, (laughs) he said it with enough confidence. I'm I'm with it. Yeah. It's, It's a word in my world. It may not be a world in a word in the real world. BS expressed <laughs> confidently is true. That's the right. way it works. Right. And that's how you have a job. No. Um nothing. No, it's I completely agree with that statement. That is how I have gotten as far in my life as I have, is that I just say things with confidence, people believe me. I don't know why. The second you say something that's complete nonsense and another person gets on board it's no longer complete nonsense so yeah yeah that's true <laughs> yeah there's so, your low standard for the day yeah <laughs> if uh I, I don't want to go too much into what i do but that's basically what i do and then on the side you know i don't really sell anything but i make stuff every once in a while you make really good YouTube videos, too. I'm just going to yeah. say it. I'll say it for the rest. You make really good YouTube videos. <laughs> Thank you. Mr. Mr. Monetization over here. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I haven't got monetized yet. I'm, I'm uh, getting close. Morley, I think, is the only monetized person. I'm just raking in those YouTube dollars. What? And he's Dollar got, the most, baby. got the most Patreon <laughs> s- supporters. Yeah. Thank God for nine. Thank God for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I'd make nothing on content. <laughs> So that's that's actually um that's actually a good segue to my question. So I'm curious to know how like because we're all doing this. I, I do my YouTube for fun, but it's eventually I want to hopefully make something of it. What um what's everyone's like end goal? Does is your social media? Do you want to eventually make enough to quit your job? Is like will you quit your job and and all that? Let's let's start really? with Vincent. Yeah, I would I would love. For Because We Make to blow up to a level where I don't have to do anything but that. I would love it. It would make me the happiest human being on earth. Do I think that's ever going to happen? Look, I'm realistic. (laughs) The answer is, of course, it's not going to happen. Don't be stupid. However, the realistic thing is that making probably could become my full-time gig if I was able to devote full-time time to it. Um, I noticed when we were working from home during COVID and I was able to steal a few minutes here and there. I was able to make a lot of money in my downtime from my day job when I was doing my stuff because I was all my stuff was always accessible. So any downtime was spent on my stuff. So I don't know if content creation is ever going to make me a salary that's respectable enough that I could live on. 
But I have a feeling that if I was able to devote full time to making things, yeah, I could probably make that work because I would be driven as hell to make it work, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Wait, you're the only one with a check mark beside their name on YouTube. So, isn't that great? That means that, pisses that, means that you so are. Much. Yeah. <laughs> that pisses people what? off. Dude, I just two days ago on a post on the King of Random, I commented and somebody goes, Forget what you asked. How the hell do you have a check mark? And I went, uh-huh. none Man, of on every on every social network, verification is such a silly thing. Like you look who's verified on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll tell you how I got verified. So this is I'll just tell you how I got verified on so a couple of years ago when Google Plus was created, okay? When it was first created, they gave you the option of uploading your driver's license and you got a check mark. And since Google Plus was the login mechanism for every single service on Google, you then got verified on any service on Google that used your name. So that YouTube account, not the one that I got, had, and then deleted, that YouTube account, the one that's verified, was one that I verified with Google Plus. And when they took away Google Plus, they never took away the verifications. Makes so, sense. Because that, be that would be really hard to take away someone's checkmark. Yeah, so I have a check mark with 130 subscribers on YouTube, and it <laughs> aggravates the hell out of people. I love commenting on things because I have the check mark, and they're like, "How'd you get the check mark?" Right. I don't even think Jimmy Duresta has a check mark. No, nobody. Nobody I watch has a check mark. It's brilliant. So I have to be honest; I didn't even know YouTube did check marks. Yeah, they I don't, don't either. I don't. Well, they don't anymore. That's the other brilliant thing. It's like, yeah. wait, how are you verified? How are you? You know, <laughs> it's great. Like you, it, you have to be like contested. You have to be Susan. Right? Yeah, you have to be Susan. <laughs> you have to be Susan Wojcicki or what Wojcicki or whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah. I, I like pissing people off. That's fun. <laughs> it's too bad it doesn't come with monetization. Like yeah, the old days well, of monetization were way easier. I was monetized oh. on my old account. I kept this one because I had the check mark. I didn't I make was a say, very my good decision. My personal account was monetized, but I took it away. I'm still I'm in the partner this program. My, this account was in the partner program, but they took away the monetization when I didn't hit the standards because I wasn't uploading videos anymore. But, yeah, I'm I'm in the partner program. But, yeah. Um, but I'm not monetized. No. We're not worth yeah. it, Adam. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> We're worth nothing. <laughs> oh, guys. <laughs> um, well, this took another turn for the... What's going we, on here? We this ain't got some Morley, Morley money. <laughs> yeah. That's his real name. It's money, not Morley. It's money. Yeah. It's <laughs> my middle name. <laughs> is, your, um, is your plan to make social media your full-time job, Morley? Um... Or do you want to keep being a pro? I don't. I don't know. Um, Here's what I do know. Like, I really like making videos, and it's kind of it's been a constant throughout my life. Like, I grew up with YouTube, right? I'm 23 years old. I was I started watching YouTube when I was like 11 years old when it was started uh, coming up, and I started making videos when I was like 12 years old. Um, It's always something I've enjoyed doing, and I'm like, um. It's definitely something I really enjoy participating in and I find myself – like with these yoga videos, it's like, oh, this is something I can do very efficiently that I'm good at, that I enjoy. Um, And I'd love to build that as to whatever end it may be. But I have like a lot of things that I'd like to do in my life. Um, And I think that will just be like a component of it. 
um, I think I'd like to do that in concert with custom work. Um, yeah. And various fantastical, whimsical business ideas. <laughs> do you want to be an artist? Do you want to be like the type of person who just like, I created something and now it's on display somewhere? Or do you want to be like, I created something because someone paid me for it? I guess the former in so many words, like I, it's, I don't know. It's a hard question. <laughs> um, it's, it's so crazy to think, like you said about growing up with YouTube. I was just telling my son last night that when I was 10 years old, I remember the person across the road from me getting a mobile phone for the very first, like first mobile phone I've ever seen. And it was like a, like one of those brick ones that has like the bottom, like little plastic cover that covers the buttons on the oh board. not the zach like, pass the zach morris phone for, oh, for like, those listening no, from saved by the bell days he's talking no games, 550 yeah with the yeah, yeah 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 like no games like just calls and yeah no it, games it had a screen like so this crazy. big yeah exactly <laughs> it's insane for me to think that like when i was young that like the mobile phones weren't a thing i'm not that old mm-hmm. Um, maybe I am, but I'm older. I, I remember <laughs> well, my first. Tell us his age. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you. I remember my first, <laughs> my first phone. I had to buy it myself. It was a Motorola Peanut phone. So you guys can try and date it based on that. Uh, and it had, I had an awesome little belt clip holster for it and i was super cool before that though i had a fake cell phone uh when i was in grade nine i had a star tech but it wasn't a real star tech it was a fake like model phone from the like this the the like display phones that didn't actually work and i pretended it was a real phone to be cool that didn't work um <laughs> yeah i just okay, i'm gonna just say to- you're not that much older than us no, I'm not. I, I'm pretty much yeah. the same age as you. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I guess maybe just to boil down my answer a little more is um, like, I don't want to make any grand declarations of what I want to do because I could see myself doing all these different things. I could see myself going back to engineering at a certain point if I, certain things happen. Um, but I do know that like long term in my life, I would like to create the things that I want to create and be able to work on my own terms. And whatever, however that manifests, but that's maybe as definite as I can get. That's cool. So you're you're open to all the possibilities. It's really good. Yeah, I'm not gonna not gonna niche down at this uncertain time. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say. Um, so I would love for for YouTube and all that to be my full time job, but I'm not gonna say how much I make. But I don't make six figures. I'll say that. But I would have to make, I reckon, at least like two hundred grand a year off YouTube and social media for me to give up my current job. Like that, that would be my breaking point. If I can't make that kind of money, then I would not quit my job because yeah. I, I earn I earn more than what I need for, and I can do all my editing at work and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, like you have like this little dream pocket of time where you're able to do things. For the most exactly. part. And the nice thing about YouTube is, ah, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, right? Like, yeah. like if you don't get a video out one week, who cares, right? Like, if, you, if it ends think, up being your job, plus, um, 
Yeah. Well, that that plus being able to justify the time. Like, like at the moment, I I whenever I get spare time, I try and get in the shop. But like, I can't just ditch my family. Whereas, like, if it was my full time job, I could be. Well, I have to be in there. I have to build because I have to make yeah. something. I have to make money. That's a really good way of thinking about it because I think a lot of people, especially my age, get really caught up in like they want to be in a certain position, but they don't recognize how that would have an impact on their own life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, and it's great that you're recognizing like the situation that you're in and you're like, this is a good situation. It's, I, I feel like I'm kind of in a similar way. It's like, I'm, I'm not making a lot of money right now, but I really like how my life is in this moment. And it's, it's hard to like, because there's so much focus in our society on like how you're presented online. It's, it's like, it's hard not to get caught up in the, the rat race right. and of, yeah. One thing I've noticed as I've grown older is the more money I make, the same life I have. It doesn't yeah. seem to like, unless you become a millionaire overnight, you're living the same life basically. <laughs> like I, I have a 20 year old car. When I was 16, I had a 20-year-old car. <laughs> Actually, I had a 16-year-old car. I had a car from – I, I had a newer car when I was 16 that I have today. <laughs> right? Like that's the crazy part about my life is that nothing has changed no matter – like obviously I'm making a lot more money now than I did when I was 16 years old working at a hobby shop, right? Like making slightly above minimum wage. But my car is pretty much the exact same. Like, that's craziness. Yeah, but your lifestyle changes. You you have a house, you have family, you have kids. Right, you know. but I don't have any more free extra money is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I drink a lot more than I was at 16. I didn't drink then. Well, Maybe if I gave this drinking lives. up, I'd, I'd do better. Is this a cry for help? You're the we first person to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, and welcome to the AA podcast. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think uh, that that wraps about that that whole thing up. <laughs> We're almost in an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to start getting into like the depths of our psyches. <laughs> I think I'm going to move to the the clamp mendations, and uh, and I'm going to ask uh, again. I'm going to ask our guest to to give a recommendation first. Uh, so what do you got, Vincent? What's your recommendation for the week? Okay, so I know this one's probably going to be a little bit US-centric, but I just started dealing with them, and they're a great company, and I would highly recommend them. In my area, for whatever reason, and I don't understand it, you would think it would be much less difficult. It's really hard to get hardwood. Um, the best I'm able to go to the store and buy is maple. I can buy as much maple as I ever want to have, which is why almost every cutting board you see from me is 90% maple. I started dealing with a company called Belforest um, at belforestproducts.com. It's B-E-L-L forestproducts.com. And what a great company. They have literally every wood you could ever imagine. And the prices are really, really reasonable. They'll ship it. Um, I think if you I think if you order more than a hundred dollars, they'll ship it to you for free. So Whoa. really nice hardwood. I've ordered um maple. Purple Heart and Walnut from them. And um, like they have like these bundles of like the one bundle I bought is 20 board feet. And it was like $120 for 20 board feet of maple. It's sanded on three sides, one rough edge, but it's plenty. I mean, it's a, it's a good supply if you're just wanting to stock up on stuff. So that's what I did with it. I stocked up on a bunch of different woods 
and the quality is really exceptionally good. The boards are the boards are straight, they're clear, and they're nice. So yeah, and and they had a little bit of a snafu with getting the Purple Heart from their supplier. So they combined one of my other orders with it and sent my order with faster shipping a little earlier to make up for it. And then they shipped the Purple Heart by itself for free. I mean, they wow. really just—it's a really good company, and I'm—I've been really happy dealing with them, and I'm probably going to keep ordering my hardwood from them because it's just—it's easy. It just comes to my door. So, BelfarsProducts.com, great company. Can I just say that I hate you all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just camphor, watched. Uh, you're tired of camphor laurel. <laughs> I, I just watched. Yeah, I just watched uh, Fix It Fingers his video on like where to get wood. And he was talking yeah. about the prices of wood there uh, and why MDF is so like used in Australia. And I went, I wouldn't, yeah. MDF for me is the same price as plywood. There or, must be or some, more. There must be some like local product that's really cheap that you can get that we can't get. I don't think so. Like, I, I, like it, it. <laughs> I get so pissed off when I go like, on the especially on the trains like if we go through a station they're doing construction they use plywood boards to like board everything up and i'm just like there's so much money right now just getting wasted on plywood that i could have <laughs> and it literally just goes to the tip when they're done like yeah it sucks it it happens here too but it's the same price as mdf so we don't care yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous all right so uh adam then you're you're very vocal right now so it's oh, your yeah. turn all right so i'm going to uh clear mendation a um a music youtube channel they i think lately you can't use their music for free but their older music you can and i actually have used their music a few times in my videos i'm probably going to pronounce this wrong but their name is nefex n-e-f-f-e-x and they do like um like rap style hip hop well, yeah, like R and B rap hip hop stuff. Yeah. Um, word word yeah. to your mother. Straight <laughs> up. No diggity. But yeah, no, no they're um they're really good. They they bring out new music all the time. That's uh, yeah. cool. And I, I found them because I was trying to find like royalty free music and then I don't know. I I listen to them when I work out. Nice. I used to use the free music archive which I think is was down for a while and then came back. But, oh, my God, I would spend so much time, like, slogging through that. You could find some gems, but it was a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I use Epidemic for yeah, music. I use, well. I use Epidemic it's, as well. It's so expensive, but it's worth the it. music selection is so much better. It has a great take, UI. Right. And that, too. Well, yeah. that Anyways, I it's a lot better than a lot of other sites. Yes, it's so much better. But they recently went to this like all black, black. and white. Yeah, it's hard. To, it's I don't like it as much. I like the old layout better. But uh, you guys, you're not a dark mode everything guy. I'm a no, dark I'm mode a everything guy. But it's not black. It's like super dark gray. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the I don't know. I you just know like the theme song. Like, the theme song from Because We Make is actually from Epidemic Sound. So, uh, there you go. Well, the theme song actually, from this um, is from TF <laughs> Turning, uh, and we're going to thank him right <laughs> now before I forget. Um, I've actually just my last video is it? Oh, it is all black. Or um, just the same three songs. I just been re- reusing them. Yeah, cool. it's uh. So I basically went and found all my favorite YouTubers, and I uh, shazammed their stuff and. <laughs> 
and it's on Shazam. So if you're ever wondering what music I'm using in a YouTube video, Shazam tells you what it is. Go on mm-hmm. Epidemic. You can download it and make your own YouTube videos with exact same uh, things as Bob from I Like to Make Stuff. That's There's nothing sacred, Grant. Nothing is sacred. I, so nothing is sacred. I at uh, least got my music from a non-maker channel. <laughs> no, I, hey, now I don't know what yeah. I was. I, I actually, I did. Uh, I found. I, I downloaded. Like, I just went like looking for music. Found the, a song I liked, and then I went. That's like I know why. I don't know why I like this. And then I watched the next time I watched the like I, I like to make stuff video. I went. I use yeah. that in my video because <laughs> I downloaded one of his like six songs that he likes to use. We were watching somebody. There was a video. One of the makers just put up a one a little while ago, and I got tagged in a comment on it. Sam from Urban Goods ta- tagged me in the comment. He goes, "Hey, that sounds familiar," and I turned it on, and it was um, "Spaced Out," which is the theme from Because We Make. And I'm like. Oh, that's so weird. Like hearing my theme song on another, like on a video, it's like that's just the cognitive dissonance all over the place. It's so weird. I, I, so I, I really like a big part of my process is finding the music for my videos. And I like really like ass. spending time to do it. Um, and I always find it so interesting when I find someone that uses the same song. And it, like, I'm always just like, wow, like this is, it's, it's so crazy because it's just like such an integral part of the video and they just you do it in a completely different way. I've heard I, songs from the YouTube media library on TV shows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they used Kev, one of Kevin McLeod's songs, Motherload. They actually used on Forged in Fire one time. Oh, wow. And I actually emailed yeah. Kevin. I'm like, hey, dude, did you see your song was on was on Forged in Fire? Wrote, no, that's so cool. I'm going to go grab it now. Thanks. <laughs> so. yeah. You should have sued him. <laughs> I, uh, I, I literally <laughs> spend more time looking for music than anything else I do in my video. And I feel like I use the same song every time. Yeah. Like, which that's is why what I it just feel started like. using the same song every time. Right. But I, I, yeah. Mm. I, yeah. We'll I, do it. Well, we're not guys, saying, found this- saying, but the guy Sorry. that Vincent talked about before, he uses the exact same song every single video. <laughs> I do. I did. Made for makers. It was 30 videos of the same song on loop. Yeah. So I readily admit I don't, it. In all honesty, like who's really going to care? Like people are watching no that individual cares. video; they don't right. care about the music. Exactly. Well, I skipped over thirty times the exact same song. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because Grant watches everything in like times four. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, we were friends, buddy. I thought we were friends. <laughs> well, I can't skip <laughs> over your intro. Like, what do you want me to do? I watched your whole video, but the intro, I already saw it once. How many times do I got to see an intro? 30. It's part of my viewer stats, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's well, like you know what? Time, I'll, show be the, on Netflix. I'll be the guy that stops out at two minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> you know how many times I've skipped any part of a Grant video? Zero. Oh, feel guilty feel guilty guilt, guilt is here <laughs> the uh, guilt is real all right so morally what's your clamp mandation <laughs> um so uh this week i was blown away by ben ueda's the floating bed he's building he mentioned it on the modern maker podcast last week and i was really intrigued because i couldn't really visualize how it would all come together like the floating mechanism mm-hmm. he's talking about but it looks super cool um yep. I saw Jess. I love. Uh, I Jess up 
was uh, her Instagram post has, I think it was, has her like laying on it. Oh, no, it was her latest vlog, vlog video has yeah. her on it. Yeah. I still um, don't know how it works. So I'm excited. I, I think for that. he might have the video up by the time this episode comes out. Um, but he essentially tied it into the wall, like into the studs. And then I'm he's he integrated a one and a half inch thick piece of acrylic somehow. And I think he kind of put it near the foot of the bed to act as a second support. Hmm. Um, I, I, I love that juxtaposition of like the live edge slab and the very like white, um, the white bedspread. It's just, it's a, I love that kind of contrast. Um, yeah. yeah, I haven't I seen that yet. And I can't remember how to spell his name, but is it like John Malecki's floating table? I can neither confirm nor deny, <laughs> but I can Google. <laughs> John. Oh, that's well, useful, you either. I, I've only ever in? seen part of it because I watch I Jess up, but uh, yeah. No, it, it, it looks super Adam, cool. Um, yeah, and Adam, it's it's nothing like that. It's I, Is that a, like a 10 segurity thing that John Malecki did? Yep. Oh, it's so it weird, is. eh? Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that is my recommendation. I'm, I think it's going to be a really cool video. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my recommendation is, uh, it's going to be good, clean, fun. Oh, I, nice. uh, it's a Nick Offerman book. I've got all of the Offerman books now because, uh, for my birthday, I got one, but, uh, got gumption. The last one that I needed, but, uh, good, clean, fun was something that I got because, uh, I just kind of like I came across Nick Offerman as actually being a woodworker and I said I want to know everything about this and he had just put out Good Clean Fun as like this textbook for woodworking which as much as it's not a textbook it has a lot of great little projects like the bottle opener that I actually sent to Adam was a was straight out of this book Um, and I just think it has a lot of great info information out there for, for first time woodworkers and, and for any level of woodworker, uh, it's got great, great information in there. So I think everyone should go get good, clean fun. It's not an audiobook. Don't get it on the audiobook. No, it has need, great illustrations. Yeah. You need the pictures. They're the thing that makes it really good. <laughs> I heard someone's like, Oh, I should go get that on an audiobook. I was like, no, 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 no. don't, don't do that. <laughs> I have never got an audio book and I really don't plan to. Yeah. They have I their place, but this is not it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'll <laughs> tell you, like, this, that book might be, like, the largest influence that actually got me, like, consistently making projects while at school. Um, it also introduced me to Jimmy DiResta. Me too. Yeah. I know. I, I, I'm sure the projects in it are great, but I got a completely different thing out of it. Like, it was way more just, like, inspirational and interesting for me than like I, I I'm not gonna make any of those projects. They're, I made, they're really cool though. I made one of the projects. That was it. Like other than that, like and it was bottle <laughs> opener and because as everyone could tell, I'm an alcoholic, so I needed to make that. But uh, all the rest of the projects don't involve alcohol, so I didn't make them. Um, okay. Is that so? That book is that like about his life or is that? It's about woodworking. Just woodworking. He, he kind of like he like profiles different people that have worked in his shop. They have oh, some okay. um, project instructions, some stories. It's a good mixture of stuff. Yeah. It's like a solid coffee table book. Yeah. 
it's it's a great like like you it's it's as much as it is about the projects it's about the people so you can actually yeah. read it it's not like a textbook where it's like you know cut this at 10 degrees and then do that it it explains why they're doing it and i think it's really great in the the kind of like how to come up with a really good project based on what you have around you yeah cool yeah so at this point normally we'd be reading reviews but because we got a guest here i'm going to i'm going to skip it this week and also you just don't want to do an australian accent <laughs> uh and uh yeah so you didn't escape it grant you just put it off one week right and next week i'm not a host so <laughs> oh, oh, Molly has to go back to morley <laughs> and you know i'm happy i'm happy for the challenge it'll just give me a chance to refine how, right. how about you re how about you reread vincent's review and then do his accent i don't really know accent, do i <laughs> I hope I That's don't. what we all say. <laughs> no it's one thinks they do. Similar part of the state, so it's it's too <laughs> subtle. Making podcasts after a while all start to sound the same. It's people <laughs> talking about tools and whatever. These guys have a fun. Nah, I'm not doing it anymore. Uh, that wasn't it at all. That oh, was nowhere near it. Grant reading stuff. <laughs> okay, well, I tried to do something. Anyways. Uh, yeah, just if you leave a review, I want you all to know that it doesn't mean that you will later be on the podcast. <laughs> well, that was part of the. That was why I did it. it. Was an ethical bribe. I was trying to get on the podcast. It worked. Yeah. Success. Uh, anyways, uh, we're gonna le- move to the uh, any other business section of the. Uh, podcast. So I want to see if there's any other business from any of our people. Uh, I, well, I want. I was going to ask you guys: Have you seen um, "Because We Makes" challenge? And are you? Oh doing yeah, it? yeah. I didn't even have to plug it. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you, so as soon as I said that, Vincent started shaking his head, and I went, "Vincent, come on, don't shake your head at this." That's why I said AOB. Uh, <laughs> Yes, yeah, so the Enlighten Us Challenge. A light bulb mm-hmm. went off my head as soon as I said it. Uh, no, uh, so if you want to, if you've ever thought of making a light mm-hmm. that will actually light something up, not just something that has lights incorporated in it. I was, That's not good we enough. Were so, we were so worried that we were going to get 50 million like cutting boards with like LED strips in them or just dumb stuff with LED strips attached and go, look, it lights up. And like, so we had to make it really, really clear. So like we're looking for like light fixtures, lamps, something like that. So, Oh, you mean I can't put chevrons next to my door and add LEDs? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, but it wouldn't count. <laughs> not telling well, you not I, to, um, I'm just telling you it wouldn't be an entry. <laughs> A, a, a little hit into mine. So I've had a lamp planned for uh, a couple of years, year or two, and um, it was actually going to be my intro. Uh, my intro. My um, uh, oh, whatever it's called. I was actually going to put it into the um, Bentwood challenge. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, it didn't happen. So my it didn't happen. So now I can do it for. My big panic was that no one was going to participate. And from what I've seen, that's literally the opposite of what's happening. And I'm like, wow, this is really, really cool. Like, People yeah, love challenges, uninundated myself with, included. Yeah. I hope we get – I hope uh, – well, the, the idea is that the episode of the podcast that drops 
after we get them all. I want it to just be all about so we can really just talk about all the entries. I know it's going to suck for people, but I'm going to try to get them all up on a page so people can follow yeah. along as they watch the podcast. What's what I like um, Modern Maker, they mm-hmm. like, they normally do like a, a video where they go through them all. or and mm-hmm. all It's it's good because you get your name out there whether you win or not. Yeah, we want to promote can, anyone that's interest. kind enough. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I can't believe the response that it's gotten. I was – I'm little – insecure I'm not gonna lie so when i put when we put this out I, one of the reasons it took so long to kind of get it out was because i was scared to launch it because i was like god we're gonna put this out there and no one's gonna want to do it and like within it the one week we were supposed to put it out i actually got a message from someone he said hey you didn't put the link out for the rules i'm like holy crap somebody actually wants to do it i gotta get the rules out <laughs> so well, it was, I was, it was, when you mentioned it i was super excited because i've had a lighting project you, you can't like you can see like the 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 blur from my light it's as much as the sun from adam's thing but that's i need to replace that with something that doesn't like inflict your eyes with pain i actually have paper (laughs) over top of it because it is so bright i want to do it i've committed to doing it i will do a because we make challenge because it now exists yeah, so we are definitely um, – you can go to becausewemake.com slash 2020challenge to see all the rules and the criteria and what we're going to use. And remember, late submissions will be ignored. <laughs> That's everyone's favorite line <laughs> in the rules. Late submissions will be ignored. That's like all my professors at school. <laughs> <laughs> I just – I love 2020challenge because it's like you can see clearly now. Yeah. yeah. Well, now you have light, so yeah. 2021 <laughs> challenge isn't going to look as good though. Yeah. I didn't want to make it enlighten us challenge because I didn't think people could spell enlighten us very easily, but you know, I was hoping. <laughs> I'm pumped. I don't know if I, I just missed you saying it, but when's the, when's it due? When's the date? August. I think we said August 17th is the date. I'll, I'll check it while, um, while Morley talks and I will yeah. give you the date. I was going to say I'm, I'm pumped. I've had, um, the use case for mine planned for a little while. And then I had a first design that I thought was great. And I was like, nah, not so great. And now I have a solid design that I'm very, very excited about. August 17th, 1159 yep. Eastern time. So yeah, that's the, the reason is it's going to give us two. some time to get it together for the podcast. Two months. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. we're recording. Oh, yep. wait. Not from when we release this, but from mm-hmm. when we're recording it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it worked so out that it was two weeks from drop date of the podcast that we announced it on. It's the month's eighth. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, you Australian people in the future. From the future. It seems like a lot of people um, already have like an idea in their head before. Like they already had a lamp planned. Well, well, we did talk about it on the podcast for like three weeks before we yeah. actually dropped the rules. So people were like, can you just make it official so we know what the criteria are? And Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, man, I remember when you mentioned it the first time, there was snow on the ground here. Ooh. And it was... It was not the very Sorry. end of winter yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It was. We did mention like in February. It was like in February. Yeah. We Mar- February, it. March. Yeah. And then we just kind of, then we just had a bunch of guests and it felt rude. <laughs> no, it's cool. Like it's, it's allowed, I think a lot of people, myself included to really like brood about it. Yeah. And so for the, I think, real it, I think it's good. It gets people excited. Cause it's like, when's this coming? Yeah, I think actually, Grant, I think it unintentionally, that's exactly what ended up happening, that if you were a real listener to the podcast, you had a big advantage because you had a lot of time to think about it. If you find it today, well, you can still enter, but you didn't have like a couple of weeks to think about it beforehand. But it's even just like the Rockler Bentwood challenge of the last year. Like you may not watch every episode of Modern Maker whatever 
uh, I don't even know where it was announced, but you may not watch that, but you, the, 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 like the blow up around that is how I found them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's the, cha- that's what I love about the challenges. Yeah, and like that's a cross pollination. Exactly. Definitely. Well, here's hoping. <laughs> wow. <laughs> awesome. Anyways, on that note, on the cross pollination note, I'm going to say, this has been an awesome podcast. Uh, I'm going to say it's time for us to get going. And uh, thank you very much, Vincent, for uh, coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was it's great to be on here talking to you guys. Yeah, yeah thank you. Likewise. Uh, thank you. And uh, I'm not really good at outros, so goodbye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Okay. Well, apparently Wait. you can't find us anywhere. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> no one gets to plug anything. Uh, okay, <laughs> you got to edit that out. No, so, I'm not editing anything out. Nothing gets edited. That's not the way this <laughs> works. We've talked about word. this before. Edit the swear word. Oh, yeah, I'll uh, beat the swear word. Okay, so, uh, Vincent, where can we find you? Um, the easiest way to find me is if you go to vincentmferrari.com, all the links to all my socials are there, and I have a weekly podcast with Ethan Carter called believe it or not because we make and that drops every wednesday morning you can find that in any podcatcher that you get your podcast from and how about you morley you can find me at yellron blog everywhere and at yellronblog.com and adam and you can find me at make and mackie on everything and yeah all right and you can find me at the grant alexander everywhere except for the places that don't count like twitter <laughs> and you can find us all collectively at Clampcast on Instagram. Exactly. Goodbye. I suck Bye. in intros. <laughs> <laughs>